There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with our very special guest, Dana Gould in studio. Hello. Or as I once called him, Judy Gould. Yeah, Judy Gould. <laughs> Judy Gould. You know, Judy Gould, Judy Gould. <laughs> We're you both got Dana funny. Gould. We're both Gould. kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh! No, that was self. That was self-effacing. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, because no, I, no, I like Judy. Judy. I like Judy's Judy. very nice. Yeah, yeah no, I wasn't. Very... I was trying not to call myself funny. <laughs> J. <laughs> J. B. Andy Rappenard. And Cassie Schrader. All right, I got to call Judy and see if she's crying. <laughs> Dana shit. No, <laughs> we'll be back in two minutes with the family. <laughs> Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer for <laughs> He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. You're having fun, fun, fun? Mm-hmm. Why are you having fun, fun, fun? Because I am. It's Friday. It is Friday. Dana Gould's in studio. What could be better? You I know what I mean? Oh, you just got to turn them on. There's a switch on the side there. There's a little there. switch. A little... Oh, right there. That should do it. Well, that, that explains it. Now we're talking. <laughs> Took whoever me forever would, to Whoever would have thought. <laughs> Funny story about the Beach Boys. What'd you do with my picture? Did you? I, it's in my house. Did you frame it? Yes, in my office. Phenomenal. 
That's why I played the Beach Boys. But here's the thing. I learned something about that picture. What? That is not a photo of Brian holding a photo. No. He's holding a mirror. Oh. Really? And they're standing across from him. Huh. Really? Yes. Andy Paley. I did not know that. Andy Paley, who knows Brian very well and produced his first solo album, Mm -hmm. is one of my best friends. And he said, yeah, it's a mirror. Yeah, Brian sent that to me. I, I interviewed Brian, got on him how many years ago. Nicest guy in the world. Yeah. He's such a sweetheart of a man. He's got problems, obviously. But sure. He should have gotten into radio if he's going to be mentally <laughs> yeah. ill. You know. uh, well, but, his problems was he had a problem, and then he was misdiagnosed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had schiz- schizoaffective disorder. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, all of the Beach Boys were horribly abused by Murray, their they father. Were, yeah. Yeah. And only... Kids that were abused could write fun, fun, fun. <laughs> it's a, it's because, a fact. Because everybody else would just like, well, I'm not going to write a song about fun. I'll just go have fun. I'll but these kids fun. that have never had fun in their lives, like, it's aspirational. You have to inform <laughs> everyone how much fun you're having. Exactly. I, uh, <laughs> I talked to Mike Love a couple times a year. Matter of fact, he was just on the morning show a couple of, couple of weeks ago. And then he sued you for the, having he, the conversation. Ooh, <laughs> I like but he, yeah, he, he's, he was kind of like, Well, he had to be a stabilizing effect, though, being their cousin. Yeah, totally. I mean, it all worked. And I don't, if you really want to get into the weeds about the whole smile debacle, it's like, yeah, I totally see Andy Paley, who's one of Brian's best friends, because, like, I love Mike Love. And oh, really? Here's the problem with Smile. It wasn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They were right. It wasn't ready to release. And they released it a couple years ago. And when you listen to it, you go, yeah, Pet Sounds is better. Yeah, oh, oh Pet Sounds one of the greatest albums of all yeah. time. I, I was just talking to Mike Love about the fact that when I grew up, you know, growing up in the inner city, I didn't, we didn't have any money. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a girlfriend. Yeah. I damn sure didn't no, surf. Right. I didn't want to go be true to my school. Right. But I still love their music. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that was the that was the brilliant that was the brilliance the brilliance of it and. They gave us Charles Manson. I mean, they gave they, they gave <laughs> yeah, us so much. Did. Well, that was Dennis alone, though, wasn't it? Was that Dennis? That's enough. You're still in the group. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're still in the group at that time. What an era that was. I mean, you, you look back at that thing. I mean, that's my era of being a teenager yeah. and all the rest of it. You look back and it's like, man, there were a lot of crazy bastards. Well, have you seen Once Upon Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? I have not. It's no. so good. It's long though. It's yeah, but it just flies. Does I mean, it? Yeah, it just flies. Right. I I actually I enjoyed. It was probably my favorite Brad Pitt role he's ever done. Oh really? Yeah. And he looked like Robert Redford. He looked like Robert Redford, but he's playing really the characters in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. are based on. Burt Reynolds and Hal Needham, really, oh. who were neighbors of Sharon Tate, right, uh, oh, on El Cielo okay. Drive, and Burt Reynolds was trying to make the transition from being a TV actor to a movie star. A movie star, and yeah. in fact, in the in the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they show Rick Dalton on an episode of the FBI, mm-hmm. where he's in the army truck. Yes, that was Burt Reynolds. That was the actual episode of the FBI. And they put Rick Dalton in, but it was Burt Reynolds in reality. And all they did was put Leonardo DiCaprio over Burt Reynolds. Really? That was the wow. actual footage from the episode. No of the way. FBI. I did not. And Hal Needham was a stuntman who went on to become a who was, <coughs> went on to direct Smokey and the Bandit right. and all of those right. movies that uh, Burt Reynolds became famous I for. I did not know so that. So well, it was everything in that movie is loosely based on on mm-hmm. something in reality. Well, even the guy that they had play Steve McQueen in the movie, he I was, was great. Like, Whoa, really? And it was yeah. a very small part, but he looked just like Steve McQueen. It's the guy I, from Billions. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, that guy uh, what who the was also in name? Homefront. Yeah, it was in Homefront, yeah. right? Yeah, I'll that look dude. He's British. damn it. He was in the first ep- first season of of uh, first couple of seasons of. of yeah, he has red hair and he's British, and they put him in a blonde yeah. wig. He looks yep. just like Steve McQueen. Well, yeah, because oh, Jesus. Well, I thought they almost deep faked him on, oh, really? on there because there were times where I'm like. Is that Steve McQueen? Just the way his mannerism is. Dead in hell. Okay. <laughs> yeah, a long time to be moving around. Yeah, yeah they could have cut that movie by like forty minutes. I think. Sure. Oh, really? There was some stuff that yeah, that could have came out. Quentin of Tarantino's not about cutting stuff. No, so, no. Yeah. I mean, no. He didn't like to cut stuff. Quentin, and, Quentin and Judd. They like they like yeah. to roll film. Yeah, I would say true. that's my favorite Quentin movie. They'll never beat Marlon Brando though, and. <laughs> One-eyed jacks, baby. One-eyed jacks. <laughs> Ten hours long when he, by the time he got done with yeah, it. Je- and that's the movie just before he blew up. You could see yeah. him straight oh. in at the bit of that oh. shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, wait a minute, he's got a roll there. Yeah, Where'd that come the, from? That's the one. That's true. That, that's what, but it, it, I was talking to uh, Allison Martino, who is on the next episode of my podcast, and she has a great Instagram uh whatever you call it, profile called uh, Vintage Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. she is sort of an expert in Vintage Los Angeles. Her father was Al Martino. Used to work with The him. singer who played Johnny Fontaine in The yep. Godfather. Yep. And so she grew up right in that era in the middle. She has Sammy Davis Jr.'s record player in her house. Really? We played oh, records cool. on Sammy Davis oh, Jr.'s Oh, God. And, you know, the parallel to 1969 and now is striking. Uh, in terms of look, look at in Los Angeles in 1969, show business did not know what it was doing. No, it's true. Because yeah. you know they're making Hello Dolly, which is tanking, yeah. and then Easy Rider makes mint, and right. nobody, none of the executives know what they're doing right. now because of streaming. Nobody knows what they're goddamn doing. Right. Everybody is. You're terrified. you're a hundred percent right yeah. about it. digital is destroying our world. Yeah, everybody it really is. Everybody, nobody. I can guarantee you because I go to these meetings. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be comfortable for Nobody, you. It's terrifying. But I bet. you just have to keep going. I bet. But it's 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 terrifying. Nobody knows what they're doing. And in the way the the culture was divided in 1969 because of Nixon and the war, yeah. culture's divided now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just as bad, if not worse, because of, it's worse uh, now, yeah. of uh, social media and, and the you know the willing willing exception of disinformation. Um, so the parallels are pretty pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. Which all this means is, in a couple more years, we get disco again. I have an Al Martino story for if you want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, I'd love very, to hear it. And then I'll good. have one for you. That'll... So Al Martino. I have a great story, but this is not the time or the place. <laughs> yes, it's not the time or the place to tell it. So many years ago, during the 1970s and early 80s, I was a promotion director, traveling promotion director for Capitol Records. And Al Martino, uh, Al Martino was on Capitol Records. Yes, he was. Right? So I get a call one day from Al. And Al was a very nice guy. He's really easy to work with. Yes, really that, nice guy. Apparently a lovely guy. Lovely guy. Yeah. He calls me one day and he goes, hey, Tommy, it's Al. I go, how you doing, Al? How was everything? Well, I got a problem. I just want to let you know up front, since you're the guy that will be probably handling this for Capitol. I say, yeah, what's that? And he goes, I was arrested for shoplifting. And I said... In Worcester, Massachusetts. Very good. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very good. Because I, grew, I, was, yeah, I right. was arrested. I, I was, yeah, you were arrested. I, I was arrested. <laughs> I grew up there, and I remember that story. Yeah. He was performing at the Chateau de Ville. That's phenomenal that you know this. Most people have no idea. So he goes, I was arrested for shoplifting, but I want you to know, Tommy, I, I just want you to know about everybody else that I didn't do it. And I said, yeah, you know, it's not a problem. I'll take care of it. And, uh, you know, that's whatever, whether you did or not. He goes, no, no, no. Not whether I did it or not. I didn't do it. I just want you to know up front, 
you know, you know me. I work very, very hard. There was just no reason for them to think about this and blah, blah, blah. So just when you go out there and tell people that I didn't do it, you, you can know for sure that you're telling the truth on my behalf. I said, that's great. So what would you steal? And he goes, socks and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it as long as I live. What a great story. And he just, that was it. Al was great. I remember when that happened. Yeah. I remember when that happened. Great that guy. Was, the Chateau de Ville was like the place near me where you could go see famous people. But it, so I said, so, all right, here's a weird, this is the perfect segue <laughs> for this. When I was 16, my mother took me to the Chateau de Ville to see George Carlin. That was the first oh, time I saw yeah, George Carlin. Yeah. The first words in George Carlin's album, FM and AM, are... I was fired from the Frontier and I was fired from the Frontier Hotel in Las Vegas for saying shit in a town where the big game is called crap. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good joke. Allison has in a frame in her house the handbill from that show because he was opening for Al Martino. It was Al Martino with George really? Carlin at the Frontier Hotel. God. And I said, and she goes, "Yeah, that's the show." And I said, "Your dad must have been pissed." And she's like, "No, nah, he liked he liked comedians more than singers. He was just like, he yeah. didn't care. He just felt bad for George." It's like, "Hey, whatever. It all works yeah. out in the end." And Sinatra hated Al Martino because Sinatra hated the whole Johnny Fontaine story. Yeah, he did from The Godfather. He did indeed. And she told me, Allison told me this great story that they go to Mr. Chow's, no Chasen's. They go to Chasen's. Okay. Johnny, uh, they're taking uh, the movie's done. Movie's out. And Al Martino's taking uh, the guy who wrote The Godfather. Uh, Mario, Mario Puzo. Puzo. Thank you, Mario yeah. Puzo. Takes nice Mario, guy, too, by the way. Yeah. Takes, really nice. Well, this story makes it look nice. Takes him out to Chasen's. And Mario Puzo worships Frank Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra's in the restaurant. But Frank Sinatra's not happy. And Mario Puzo goes, I have to go say hi to him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we should do that. I don't think we should do that. <laughs> and then he, Al finally... Mario Puzo gets up. He walks over to Sinatra's table. He's there for about 45 seconds. He goes, like, we got to go. We got to go. We got to go. Whoops. He goes, Frank Sinatra said he's going to break my fucking legs. <laughs> well. And then I was like, sit down. He's not going to break your legs. Sit down. You're going to be fine. And then he goes, like, for the next day, like, he was calling from his hotel. I heard a car backfire. I think they're coming for me. <laughs> Don't you love that whole era? There's yes, so I many do. I miss stories. it so much. I, I, I was never a part of it, but I like. But you miss it. I miss it. And I, like I, I, I do. I do like that, like, you know, when you'd have to. Like, wear a suit to go on a plane. Yeah. You, know? you, you had to dress up. You get lobster on the plane. You know, yeah. they're trying to woo you into the plane. I, I found it really bizarre. Like, still, when I go on a plane and there are guys in shorts and flip-flops. I know. <laughs> I know. It's like you're actually you're in exposing public. me to all this. Yeah. And plus, if, that, if, the, if the plane has a problem and you need to get off it, flip-flops are not going to be helpful. No. Not very true. <laughs> you know, they're going to melt. Do you, why do you think it is that people have decided that's the right? There, there was a woman. I don't know. I, I don't know. She sent out a picture. She's in her airline seat. And the guy behind her has Barefoot. His, yeah, I yeah. Remember, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Like this. Yeah. It's like right over the top of her head, his bare yeah. feet. I'm like, Jesus. It's it's because of the waiting in line and having to take stuff off. They would just rather go yeah. and stand in line and be almost naked. But they don't know not to put your bare feet over somebody's oh, head? that part? Yeah. I, that's just... See, people. i got to be honest with you. His rudeness is his lack of manliness. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, as you know... Uh, JB and Andy would The Death of thing. Civility. The, the name of my new of comedy civ- special. <laughs> oh, it's going to fly off the shelves, I'll tell you that. It's going to be unbelievable. I, you know. The Death of the Semicolon in Modern Grammar. <laughs> I like it. That works for me. 
Yeah, I just I, I do kind of worry about that. That people want to be victims, they want to be angry, they want to act yeah. like jerks. I don't. Why do you want to be so unhappy? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I think that it's always been like this. Everybody has the same observation. It's just it, it it's the magnitude of it gets worse. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, More I people, mean, think I about suppose, yeah. think about 1969. Like, okay, this is this is we're really going down a rabbit hole. Um. Uh, so I love. Dragnet, the yeah. show Dragnet. Yeah. I love Jack Webb. Yep. yep. <laughs> and just as a writer, I admire the uh, the the facility that he has in telling a story. Like, and those things fly. I mean, those move like locomotives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, every sentence adds information. I really enjoy it. And I and I listen to the radio show, and then I watch the TV show, and and it started off as a crime drama. On mm-hmm. the radio yeah. and in the 50s. Yep. And then when they brought it back in the late 60s, it immediately just became cops versus hippies. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and it's I all about, about like, that. entire episodes of, like, don't be rude to policemen. Right. But policemen are working very hard. Yeah. Police brutality is overblown. And it's just like, it's just like <laughs> what happened to, what happened to get, catching the bank robbers? It's like, hey, man, I'm not going to go. That's a white man's laws. I'm not going to go downtown with you. <laughs> I know. I Everything love has it. to have a message. <clears throat> but Everything has a message. Now. But what's also amazing is that Jack Webb, who was a rank conservative yeah. at the yep. time, mm-hmm. when you listen to him today, he's liberal. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, by the by, stands like, oh, he's, he's, he's open-minded. He believes that everybody's equal. <laughs> I had an, an uncle who, because my mother was an ardent Democrat, just loved, you know, the, the, yeah. we were poor and all that stuff. So yeah, she used sure. to love being a Democrat. And her brother was a Republican. And I, I remember listening to him. And you're right. He'd be quite liberal today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really would Absolutely. Be. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a, they've, really, they've really, everybody is driven to the far extreme of the, and why? the ideological spectrum. See, I, I, I don't really want to go through life where I hate half the people. I don't really want to live like that, you know? What else is new? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Half. How'd you get it yeah, down to half? You get the, I got it all down to half of the people. My daughter, gave me a, my daughter gave me a T-shirt for my birthday that said, I like horror movies and maybe three people. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. They have it in double X. <laughs> yes, they well, they do. have that other one, that meme that went around. It said, the more and more people I meet, the more and more I love my dog. Yeah, well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. We've got to take a break. Be right back in two minutes more with Dana Gould and the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The X-Chat Gap, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The X-Check app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. 
that dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020, buy 2020, and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. A lot of drive. <laughs> Indeed. Do you think most people know what dolomite even is? Well, they, oh, they don't. It's they a better stone, know now. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully they know now. And it's we're talking about the movie Dolomite. Yeah. It's so great to see Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. trying again. Yeah, that's true. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. he's so fun, he's so crazily talented. Do you think this is going to revamp his career? I, his career was ready to be revamped whenever he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, as he said, I don't know him, but my friends wrote Dolomite and they know him. And he goes, I've been sitting on the couch. I love it. Yep. Well, his role in Dreamgirls. He's great. He was fantastic. Yeah, he's basically James Brown. Yeah. 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 And, and it was like, and he didn't really get the accolades I thought he deserved for that role. I no, think he didn't. He, and he didn't. And I thought kind of the nutty pro- if you don't win best actor for the nutty professor no one should win best actor you <laughs> I'm totally you create six incredibly specific believable hilarious characters mm-hmm. who else you know like Eddie Murphy and Peter Sellers that's it the only yeah. can do yeah. that um, I mean it's it's brilliant and no but when you also when you look at Eddie Murphy he became a super duper star at 18, 19. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, right. in, in 1983, nobody was bigger than Eddie Murphy. That's right. Yeah. It was, it was insane. And you're 19. You're a kid. Your your brain is not even fully formed yet. Not for another six, seven, eight years, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah. yeah. And so when you look at, I, I'm sure that having all of that lunacy on you at that point when your personality is still forming and your brain is still forming that just being at home with his family is very comforting because he goes like okay i know all these people really like me nobody is here because i'm famous no one's here because i'm famous i wonder do you go i used to make fun of him for always having an entourage oh yeah yeah. but now of course he did of course he did who else he had to trust the people that were around him you don't trust anybody wouldn't you go home at 19 20 years old and goes what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, it's got to be extremely stressful. Well, yeah. my husband, he was listening to the audiobook "Wild and Crazy Guys" and how comedy mavericks of the '80s changed Hollywood forever. Mm-hmm. It's by Nick DeSelman or DeSelvio. No, it's DeSel DeSel. It's a hard one. It's S E M L Y E N. Salmon. Maybe that's how it's pronounced. I'm not sure. Semen? Yeah, it's, yes, it's Nick semen. semen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Nick, Nick, semen. Nick Jisman? I, yes, <laughs> Nick that's Jisman. exact. A lot of jizz in there. I actually like the audio book because it's narrated Decemblium. by Curtis Armstrong. <laughs> Bo- Booger, Booger from uh, Nerds. Right, yes. And yeah. it goes through all the, and it talks, he has a whole chapter on Eddie Murphy and what he went through with SNL and then mm-hmm. how he branched out and what he went through to, to try and make it. And, like, nobody thought he was funny. 
when he was younger. Yeah. And he had to really try. And, and what do you mean nobody thought he was funny? And, and, well, the part, he originally, he wasn't, and he wasn't their first choice. Rob Barnett was their first choice. Yeah. Oh, and, really? And Rob couldn't read cue cards. He, he just kept going Oops. back. He just kept going back to yeah. SNL saying, put me on, put me on. And they finally did. And he was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I think he started off with the Gumby. Uh, yeah. I think that was kind of one of the his... The Jewish Gumby? Gumby Dammit. I'm Gumby Dammit. Yeah, but yeah, it's a, it's a really good book. I recommend it if you love comedy. You know, it talks about... What if you hate comedy? <laughs> <laughs> what if you hate comedy and don't ever want to do it You know, again. like Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Eddie Murphy. Um, All the SCTV guys were, were part of that. It, John Candy. Yeah, they talked God. about that as well. Loved so it. Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... it was. A, it's You would love that book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so... As as big as Eddie Murphy was in 1983, Steve Martin was bigger in 1978. Yeah. Oh my God, was he huge! And Steve, and because of the way media is segmented now, no one will ever be that big again. But Steve, yeah, that's I mean, true. Steve right. Martin was every single living human being mm-hmm. was going. Excuse me. <laughs> I know. And everybody had that best fishes poster in their bedroom because it came in the Let's Get Small album right, right. or Wild and Crazy Guy album. Yeah, no, it was just, and that's when I was a teenager and. Figuring out that I wanted to be a comedian. So all that stuff I know really well. St. Paul Civic Center, probably 77, 78, something like that. Right around that anyway. St. Paul Civic Center, Steve Martin's doing the show. 20,000 people in the the auditorium. (laughs) And he walks out and he goes, I would like to begin with my dime trick. And he holds up a dime. (laughs) Yeah. And these people are like thousands of yeah. feet away <laughs> it was really funny yeah, yeah. really good he's and great he played mm. the universal amphitheater and the blues brothers opened really imagine being at that show God. Oh. <laughs> it's just well, insane I, we we saw him and uh martin short they were touring oh together. yeah i would love to have seen that oh Martin's it was great. so good and he played the banjo he is mm-hmm. so talented with yeah he was a, he's a brilliant he's a brilliant banjo player yeah and, and it wasn't like Steve, overdone. not martin martin's terrible <laughs> <laughs> martin but the, short but poor those, martin i love martin i don't know i i miss those comedic duos and mm-hmm. they were really good like i loved well Abbott you know bobcat goldthwaite and, and i are touring together you are doing just that oh we're uh, and uh, and well, I don't know if so. Yeah, Bobcat Goldthwait, who I'm sure you all know. Yes, mm-hmm. I've known Bobcat for a million yeah. years. He's one of my best friends, and uh, he said about a year ago, I was like, we should do some dates together, only because we could hang out. Because when you live in L.A. and you have, like I have seven jobs and three kids, right, and right. It's like you know, like it's like let's just do some dates and we can hang out. So we did some dates, and we quickly discovered. The way it started was I would go on stage. We'd go on stage together, goof off for five or ten minutes, flip a coin, and then I would go on or he would go on depending on the coin flip. Right. And people decide, and we quickly realized that people liked it better when we were on stage. So we just started staying on stage the whole time. I would do a bit. It would lead to something of his, and he would do mm-hmm. a bit. Then we'd talk mm-hmm. together, and then it would go someplace else. And I know his inventory. He knows my inventory. And... We're both very uh, respectful of each other, so it's, right. it, was, it works really well, and we quickly developed uh, this really great show. We were going to film it, because uh, Bob's a great director now, we were going to Atlanta mm-hmm. to film it in August to do a, uh, to, as a special. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we were literally pulling into the theater... We got T-boned by a guy doing about 50. Oh. Uh, we were in the back seat of the car. We only were going three blocks, so we were not wearing seatbelts. We broke our ribs on each other. Oh, oh. man. Uh, I got a bruised lung. Bob got a pretty severe concussion. 
went to the, the you know the the cheap ass hospital you know Grady Hospital ask us about our real beds you know, like, <laughs> you know um, it's like you know it's like we pull in you know are you here for a cat abortion no there's been a car accident oh, okay get the bigger tools um, and uh, and so yeah no that and uh, we recovered from that and we're gonna do it again in February but that's oh, what we're good that's did you did you back. get my text after you were in town with him last time I texted you. Did you ever get? Yes, I did. Yes, I oh, did. did. Yes, I, okay. Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, because yeah, uh, you guys. Because you couldn't make it out, right? I would love to have you guys on because I didn't know you were coming. We were in and out. You know, yeah, we were yeah, in you were in and out because yeah. we were doing a series of days. We were like, right? It was like different, different city every day. Yeah, but right. next, seriously, reach out next time. I promote the hell out of it. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Bob now in a few years. Yeah, but uh, he's always been great. He's great. He's the best really guy. Nice guy. He's the best guy, and he's a very um, nice man. Super great, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously one of my best friends, so I'm not going to shit on him. But, uh, but and we really had a great time together uh, on stage. And we also, as Bob said, and at one point we tried to merge into one comedian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> become one comedian in a car accident. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and it took us a while. You know, when you go to the hospital with a broken rib, the only thing they can do is give you a bill for $8,000. Yeah. That's the only thing they can do for it. That's pretty much true, isn't it? Yes, you can't absolutely. can't set a broken rib, really. No. No, you They're can't. Like, okay, go home. They just make sure there's nothing else. Yep, no bleeding in the organs or anything. Right, like that. And there you go. puncturing a lung. Yeah, I had a bruised lung, and then uh, and then then you go home and you can't do anything oh, for no. six weeks. I've never in my life walked around my house in mortal dread of farting. <laughs> Here yeah. it comes. Oh, because it hurts. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I coughed. Like, I yep. swallowed Ugh. something. Or I sneeze like, or I, laugh. I, it doesn't... If you sneeze, you it's like you get shot. Yeah. It feels like you got shot. Yeah, I bruised my ribs in high school playing football. And yeah. that was painful. Yeah, it's brutal. Mm-hmm. And that the first time I, the first time I coughed... Um, I really felt like I got shot. Like I was like, "Hey, oh, yeah. <laughs> somebody just shot in my house." Yeah, I feel like I got tased. <laughs> I feel like I got, yeah, it was really shocking. Yeah, you know that's a great. I just because I was out, actually I was out of town when you guys came to was it the uh, Cedar Theater? Right. Yeah, it was the Cedar Theater, and I was out of town when you guys came in, and I wish I had known when you were going to come because that's our crack publicity. <laughs> well, next time we didn't know we were in town. Well, that's true. Yeah, exactly. But uh, next, I would. Yeah, like I said, I haven't seen Bob in a long, long time now because he's. You know, like he's, I watch. Uh, you know, I watch. All he's a director movies. now, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely, and a very good one. He is. I agree. Yeah, I think he does a great job. But you two together, I, I got to believe, would be terrific. It's great, and and we didn't plan on developing. Like we were just like we'll tour together, and I'll mm-hmm. do a set. You'll do a set, and uh, and it quickly. That's great. It's really good, and. Um, uh, Bob is now, you know, Bob made the documentary Call Me Lucky mm-hmm. about Barry Crimmins, and uh, now he's uh, writing that as a as a feature, as oh, a yeah, narrative okay. feature. How would it, because you, both you and Bobcat in your careers have done a lot of, not way over the top, but a lot of politics. Now, is that even wise anymore? Are people sick to uh, yeah, death? Yeah, I, I honestly, yeah. I talk about stuff in culture and in the world, but I don't go right into politics for a, yeah. couple, for yeah. a couple reasons. You know, I've, I've had, I did, you know, when, when I started in 1982, mm-hmm. when I was 17. Right. And I did jokes about Reagan. People laughed. Yeah. I did jokes about Bush. People laughed. I did jokes about Clinton. 
People laughed. Right. I did jokes about Georgia. People laughed. You do jokes about Trump, you get death threats. Oh, you. Yeah. I know. You know, it's just all of the and humor. Either way, all now. of the humor has gone out of it. And I don't want to divide <sighs> up the crowd like that. I don't want to trigger some Yahoo. Yep. And it's also, it's not funny. No. You know? It's, it's just like, no, it's not yeah, funny. It's, it's just, too easy thanks to the social media. It's too easy. They're layups. They don't, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Remember how Jon Stewart... Completely destroyed <laughs> mm-hmm. George Bush. No, he had two full terms. Right. Nothing. It does nothing. It does nothing. And Carlin, ca- right. ca- Carlin called it layups. Yeah. It's just like it's batting practice. It is layups. You know what's amazing about that is because I tend to. I don't, but I don't know how you joke about Trump. I, I, I that don't know would how be you, interesting. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. How do you make fun of something that's making fun of itself? I mean, you might not. Donald Donald Trump is the Andy Kaufman presidency that we didn't get. You know. Well, maybe he, maybe he is Andy Kaufman. We just don't know it. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, you know, it's like you can't make fun of, of of that. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I mean, look. Basically, who would be the two front runners now would be Trump and Biden, and it's like either one of them. Do you know what the hell you're talking about? I mean, just ramble yeah, but, uh, on. The, uh, but people say, yeah, Biden stuttered. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go for the guy that doesn't put kids in cages. I don't care what else he does. So you couldn't, you couldn't <laughs> yeah, go out. Yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. Well, you can't support anybody then. Yeah. Because they've all done it. <laughs> yeah, but I, don't, I think that this is extreme. I think, uh, you know, and the fact that it's extreme is proven by the fact that on May 8th, they mm-hmm. made a big announcement that they were going to do it. And right. if it wasn't a new policy, they wouldn't have announced that it was a new policy. No, I, I understand. And, what and you're you know, it's just like, it, it, just for that alone, like, nah, I'm out. I'm out. But aren't you? I, I, see, I'm in a position right now where I'm kind of out of everything because, like I said, I'm pretty centrist. Yeah. And the reason As I'm, I'm out, out, I'm a very conservative Democrat. The reason, the reason that I'm out of it is because when I say something, if they're very liberal, I'm a conservative. You can't and win. Yeah. No, you can't win. And no. If they're very conservative, then I'm liberal. You cannot win right now. Oh no, I'm a, I'm a very pragmatic. Yeah. Conservative, leftist Democrat. It probably has very. You know, in in my in a perfect world, I'm I'm probably I'm a lot more left than my political leanings because I know what country I live in, mm-hmm. and I know it's not my way or the highway. And I'm and I've had it up to here with these Bernie Bros. I can't talk I to know. any MAGA people. And I was like, yeah, fine, get whatever you want to talk to. It's great. I, right. I, you know. Right. You know. Uh, uh, I will vote for the dem. I will vote. I will vote for the Democrat candidate's car. <laughs> before I vote for Donald Trump. Well, I understand. But, uh, so I have a question for you, and yeah. you don't have to tell me. Yeah. I don't understand why people don't like Tulsi Gabbard. What did she do? Uh, well, she she's a Republican who has a really? D after her name. Really? Yeah, so? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, she's she's beloved by Fox News. She parrots. Yeah, that's true. She's, yeah. She parrots Putin's talking points. Um, oh yeah, that's right. Hillary know. called her a, a she, Russian but she, plant. But she does. I mean, she does. Para, and and I have, you know, um, you know, I have friends that are Republicans that are mm-hmm. never never Trumping Republicans. Yeah, no, and, I know. And they're, know. you know, if you look at their tweets about Tulsi Gabbard, it's like, you know, this read better in the original Russian. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like Assad is not our buddy. Yeah, Ukrainian, yeah. Ukraine yeah, no, is not understand. our enemy. Right. But, you right. know. No, I understand that whole deal. It, and it's yeah. like you can't, but. That's a, that's an extreme case. I don't. I what drives me crazy is like, you know, if you don't vote for Bernie, planet's gone in two years. I know like, what okay. a joke that is. Yeah. I mean, come on, really? I like Bernie Sanders. I don't think he could pass a freshman econ class. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> pretty sure. You know, but um, yeah, he's. I don't know. All of. I really got nobody. 
I'm, that's where I am right now. I, I, got think it's, I think it would be. I think it's going to end up being Biden, Elizabeth Warren, or Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, yeah. They're all competent. Warren is not going to uh, get everything done that she wants to get done because no. I don't think her plans are, are. You know, I don't know. I'm just like people are. People are scared of radical change. Yeah, trillions and, of and, dollars scares people. And the people. And, and, the, <laughs> and the thing is not to get into the weeds on this, but like Don, Donald Trump has changed the civic discourse in this country. Mm-hmm. The country still operates fairly similarly because our system was designed to not be open to right. radical right. immediate change. And the same thing is going to happen to Bernie Sanders or it's like, yeah. you know, th- this is a, a, a Mack truck and the president is the hood ornament. Uh, you know, it doesn't really drive it. The, the biggest problem that I do have, as far as, it, let, oh, God, we got to take a break. We'll come right back in two yeah. minutes for it. We only have one segment that this, this hour is blowing God by. damn it. We'll be right back. I wish I was dead. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, the ultimate weight loss program powered by Nutmos is having an early holiday sale Well, you'll receive 20 to 30% off the cost of the program. Shed those unwanted pounds and look great before the holidays get here. Lose 20 pounds or more. Consumer guarantee. See website for details, ultimatewl.com. Ultimate's plan is unlike any other weight loss program out there. With over 1 million pounds lost to date, and clients like me will tell you that this is a weight loss program that works. This plan is customized for each individual person, and the Ultimate Weight Loss staff will be there for you every step of the way. They helped me change my life, and they can help you too. Start to live your healthiest life and schedule an immediate consultation in their new Edina location or Plymouth with expanded hours. And look great for the holidays. Sale ends Saturday, November 9th. Call now and save. 763-333-7337. We didn't start the fire. <laughs> Who didn't start the is this, fire? Is this Robbie Shankar covering <laughs> yeah. <Joel>? <laughs> <laughs> Robbie. So, the birthday boy. Yes. He's born on the day that JFK's assassinated. That's I really know. nice. I want to wish my husband a very, very happy birthday. He turns 52 today. Oh, so he wasn't even born when JFK no, was No, he'd no, have he to was... be 56. 56, yeah. Yeah, yeah because he, JFK was killed in 63, so he was just about what? I can't do math in my head right now. Four. Four years, years later. <laughs> okay. Four, yeah, four years, years later, he was born. Yeah. He was just a filthy thought. Yeah. <laughs> he was a, you're a filthy thought. I'm going to use that from now on. Somebody says, I'm going to go, yeah, you're a filthy thought. Yeah. <laughs> just a filthy thought. Just look away. It'll <laughs> be really great, as a matter of fact. Happy birthday to Dave. That's wonderful. His TV show got Scorpio. picked up Scorpio. Yeah, I'm yes. a Scorpio, too. Well, Uh-oh. yeah, so he's with the cusp of Scorpio and Sagittarius. Oh, that's terrible. Did the show get picked up by her? 
Um, well, for a second season? That's what I heard. I, I'm i not sure. What's his show? Um, he has a new show on Travel Channel called Holzer Files. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it's, he's, it's, well, Travel Channel's like going all paranormal. I mean, they're just yeah, pumping they out paranormal they? shows. Um, well, naturally. That's a perfect fit. <laughs> travel, uh, travel. Guys, remember I, when the History Channel was educational? <laughs> and yeah. Right? Yeah, and I do Now it's just that. what people in the Klan do during the day. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what the what? hell is that? ACHC, what's that one? The American... Fishing with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> noodling. Fishing with noodling. Your, is, noodling, that's noodling. what it's called. Yeah, there noodling. you go. Um, noodling. <laughs> no, one thing I like how Dave, what Dave does is that he teaches history in a way that kids... Yeah, he, he, you know, so contextualizes like, history. Yeah, so yeah. he take he takes history and wraps it into paranormal because when he goes to these locations, these are historic locations and stuff like that, and it's a fun way to learn history. And but next week's episode, you have to tune in. It is so creepy. It, it oh oh, gotta get does he have chills to, thinking does he about have it. To, like sometimes muck it up like this is the oldest dairy farm in Wisconsin. <laughs> no, Count Floyd. That sounds like Count, Count Floyd. Floyd yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved Count Floyd. <laughs> Here's the brilliance of Count Floyd. I loved Count Floyd. He, the newscaster was Floyd. It was the same guy. Right. It was the yeah, same it was guy. The yeah. It was. <laughs> that show. Um, but that yeah, show was a Russian novel of hilarity. It was phenomenal. Yeah, the whole the Holzer files. It, it, I don't know if you ever heard of Hans Holzer. No. Um, he was kind of like the first American paranormal investigator. Okay. And he has hundreds and hundreds of cases, and some of them weren't really solved or concluded. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like cold cases for the paranormal. They go back right. into these cases and. Hey. Kind and, of conclude them. And so. 87% of the solved cases are squirrel in the attic. Squirrel in yeah. the attic. Well, they, the squirrel. They'll, they'll debunk something. You raccoon, know. In the chin, raccoon in the chimney. <laughs> but yeah, but seriously, tune in next week. You are going to be blown away. Really? They catch some really weird stuff. Uh, um, something has happens on camera and something happens to one of their crew members that's... Um, Pretty profound and creepy. Why don't I see? I've been around my whole life, lived in some of the biggest dumpy houses. We lived in 43 <laughs> different houses when I was a kid. Wow. 43. Never saw anything. God hates me. I, I would love to see an apparition or whatever the hell they're called. Comedian, the guy who used to do comedy, he's a TV writer, and I named Bob Nickman. And he had the greatest joke. It was one of those jokes like, yeah, I wish I could steal that. It's not. It's Bob Nickman's joke. Like, you know, whenever anybody is visited by a spirit, it's always like Cleopatra. Or, oh, yeah. You know, it's never like oh, a yeah. plumber from Cleveland in the 40s. <laughs> Too boring. Do, do you have any messages for us, great spirit? Don't put copper wire on PVC tubing. It'll melt. <laughs> hey, I saw an apparition wearing painters overalls. Yeah, that's what I want. You did? Yeah. I want to see a house. ghostly plumber anyway. crack. My brother is a... <laughs> oh, God, thank you for that. Ghostly plumber crack, by the way, or is at First Avenue this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Um, my yes. brother Kevin uh, is a home inspector and in Massachusetts, and he called me up one day. He's like, "Are you near a computer?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Will you look up 427 Asheville Street in Millville?" I go, "Why?" He goes, "See if it's haunted." <laughs> oh, See if no. it's haunted. And I go, "Did anything happen?" And he goes. No, but it looks just like the house and the ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> well, see, Don Knotts is haunting the house. Yeah, that's right. Uh, exactly boo! Ah, boo! Ange. <laughs> oh, that would be a great one. Well, <laughs> I'm going to get pretty scary tonight, so everybody, everybody just get ready. 
I loved him. Ghost of Mr. Chicken, painfully underrated movie. Painfully underrated. Painfully underrated. Movie. He had one of the shakiest gun in the West. He yeah. had a bunch of hits. He had a bunch of hits. He and did then The Love moment. God, where he played Hugh Hefner. Oh, right. The, the, <laughs> the, the perfect combination, Don Knox and Sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two don't mix. <laughs> oh, poor Don. I'm poor sure Don. many a woman thought he was gorgeous. He was, he was a lovely man. I yeah. met him. Uh, he did really The Simpsons. Nice man. I met him. And uh, I had a Ghost of Mr. Chicken poster because I do love that movie. And I had yes. him sign it. Could you sign this? Do calm and murder go together? <laughs> and he went, is that a joke in the movie? <laughs> yes, it is. As a matter All right. of fact. All right. Nah, that God is terrific. God, you must have met everyone. I have met everyone. Uh, you know, people keep saying, when are you going to write a book? When are you going to write a book? And I, I actually think I might want a book call. I met everybody because I have met everybody. You probably have, yeah. Yeah, in comedy, certainly. I've met everybody. I worked with Bob Hope and I did a TV commercial with Bob Hope and went to Disney World with Bill Hicks in the same two month really? period. Uh, <laughs> that'd be pretty interesting. Bill yeah. Hicks at Disney World. That must have been quite the. Yeah, we didn't do any rides. We just walked around. You just walked around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could we see that. We were both in Florida together. And was like, I don't know. I guess we should go to Disney World. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is nice. Yeah, we, we just walked around. <laughs> yeah, why not? Just go yeah. over there and walk around. Everything is people watch. Yeah, we didn't have. I mean, I didn't have children at the time, so I, I didn't appreciate it the way I would now. And he didn't have kids, so we were just like, yeah, two miscreants in our late twenties <laughs> walk around. You look back on it and go, Jesus, this is amazing. I ended up where I am. You must look at it and go. Oh yeah, no, I'm, very, I'm crazy, crazy fortunate. I'm very, and I, I you know, in a, uh, you know, I was, I. Just, I Got divorced in 2013. I had three kids, and uh, and then I had a, a pretty significant relationship after my divorce. And when that uh, ended, uh, amicably, amicably, that's good. I was to I was told. Glad. Um, <laughs> uh, I literally thought like, uh, all right, I'm done. Yeah, really. I quit. Yeah, and like, not I anymore. Had kids, and and then yeah, and, yeah. Um, and then I met somebody, and now we live together, and we'll probably. Yeah, I man. think, to tell you the truth, that I saw I, you about three or four days after you got divorced. Yeah, I think you did. I, I think I did. I, think you did, I absolutely yeah. yeah, I was did. like, hey, how are you? Yeah. I have very, very, very few memories of 2013. Oh, God. Uh, I re- yeah, I yeah. do remember. You were you were quite was, reluctant to, to... Yeah, well, it's just it's a, it's a shock. But like, I, I never thought like I never thought that I would be like meet anybody again. And, and I'm not being like Airy Ferry about it. It's just like you never know what... You know, you know, if you just keep getting out of bed and leaving the house, stuff happens. We have a Which caller. Is wonderful. We have a caller. Tire Carver. Tire, how are you? Doing good. Where's my ice Got cream? A question. <laughs> it's put away for the winter. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. It's too cold. Got a the question for Dana. Freeze. Hi. Um, you going to do any more TV? Uh, Stand Against Evil was uh, a great show. and Absolutely. You know, I was uh, wondering yeah. if you're going to do more. Uh, yes, I am. Two, a couple things. One, I wrote a. Uh, I thank you for watching Stand Against Evil. I wrote a uh, a horror film that's uh, basically kind of a straight ahead horror film uh, that will be uh, on the Sci Fi Channel next year. I want to do it the movie starts, trailer. Starts to sh- yeah, you have that voice. I'll do it for in a world. Oh, I used to do tons of movie trailers. Yeah, back uh, in the day. And that'll be uh, that'll be next year. And I'm developing a show that's kind of like. Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, Stand Against Evil in Tone. I would describe it as a cross between uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Addams Family. 
Love I'll it. Let you figure that out. <laughs> that uh, works for me. That's, cool. Uh, that's what I'm. So yes, I I am going to go back to TV. Not only because you enjoy it, but because I have three kids in private school. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love Acme, it ain't going to put because it ain't putting three kids in private school. No, no, it is not. In in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that's probably a little spendy. It's pretty crazy. I would imagine that's probably true. No, I uh, I think it's great. So you, when will your movie come out? On, on, you said it's on Sci-Fi it'll be, Yeah, it's a Christmas uh, horror movie, so it'll be uh, in about a year. In, in about, about a year, yeah. okay. We start shooting Excellent. in January. Wonderful. Yeah. I just think it's great. Tyre, any other questions? No, that was it. And thanks for uh, If you give uh, Shudder, I'm on uh, Creep Show, which is on Shudder right now, which is uh, pretty cool. great. We'll look I it like up. Shudder. Yeah. Shudder's, Shudder's great. Job. And it Creep Show, great. Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead. It's exact produced creep show, and it came out excellent, and uh, I'm really proud to be a part of it. No, Shutter's a good channel. Yeah. I spent a day in a blood-soaked fat suit. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> is Shutter owned by Amazon? Shutter is owned by AMC. AMC, okay. And right. so, and I think AMC is owned by Time Warner. There are only three companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are right. Uh, yeah, but I think I'm pretty sure isn't the I think the access to Shutter is through Amazon, though, wouldn't it? Well, can, I know that Amazon presents it, so maybe it's just yeah, an no, they, agreement. They, here's the thing. If Amazon presents it and it does really well, then Amazon will create Shitter yeah. and then <laughs> move Shutter down in the search. That's, that's pretty what much they, true. That's oh, exactly yeah. true. Oh, yeah. It's the, the tentacles of that country company. When you read about how that company works, oh, God, yeah. it is. He's disgusting. Disgusting. He really disgusting. is disgusting. Disgusting. I mean, what he does to the the people of the United Postal Service is really it's disgusting. Bad. It's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, but God. literally, like if you if you make Aunt Mary's soap and you go to Amazon and they go, great, we'll partner with you, and then people sell Aunt Mary's soap, and then they Whoop. discover they discover the market for Aunt Mary's soap. Suddenly, you'll see Uncle Mike's soap mm-hmm. and not Aunt Mary's. And then you, <laughs> who makes go? Uncle Mike's soap? Oh, it's a subsidiary of Amazon. I they know. just like nice business. We'll take it. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. God, I wish people wouldn't do things like that. It's so 170 billion's not enough. Apparently. It, well, that's the thing. Nothing is it's ever enough. never enough. Yeah. It's never enough, is it? never enough. I have to be the first trillionaire ever. Yeah. That's what this is all about, isn't it? But and then it would just be, but I'm not a multi-trillionaire. Mm-hmm. Like, you, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Did you ever talk to Jeff Bezos? No, I've never met him. Ever. Okay, if you do, tell him that Tom Bernard said, you got to close that one eye a little more. Yeah. <laughs> just, they're just like, you got one here, and then you got one here, and it looks really weird, so stop doing that. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's an odd duck. He is an odd duck. He, he Supposedly, he loves... Uh, Jean-Luc Picard from Star Trek The Next Generation. He does, but, well. he, but he operates like the Borg. So yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Thank I you, said, nerds. <laughs> I, I, most of their, not all of it, of course, but most of Amazon's product is total garbage anyway. Well, convenience comes at a price. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what or, it is, isn't it? Technically, yeah. it doesn't come at a price. It comes at a fall apart when you need to use it. Yeah, but it's also, yes, old people live in these beautiful boxes. Do you see horror, like real horror making a company? The reason I ask you this is I tried to watch, I used to love horror when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely loved it. Andy doesn't like it. My wife doesn't like it. Uh-huh. Our daughter likes it. So I would watch it. Yeah. The first horror film I ever saw was Psycho when I was about no, nine years great, old. Yeah. Nice start. Ten? Yeah. Since the guy was right next door. Yeah. You were ten? I was, yeah, nine or ten. Yeah, that's young for Psycho. It's really young for Psycho, especially when, you know, we were, I uh, realized... Ed Gein was... <laughs> he was right next street. door, and yeah, he was yeah. right down the street yeah. anyway. He was yeah. like, hey, God. Yeah, those... Uh, 
I can't watch those documentaries. I'm going to go kill her, and then I'm going to put her on as a suit. Yeah. Jesus. I know. Do you want to be a girl, did you? Human behavior, there's no bottom. No, there is no bottom. No. That's a very good way to put it. There is no bottom to human behavior. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just, but I I tried to watch um, Annabelle Comes Home, which Uh is the latest Annabelle. Yeah. I lasted an hour and nothing happened. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't get scared by horror movies. No. Yeah, but I enjoy them. I do too. But you know, but I, yeah, I don't get, I don't. It's like comedy movies. It's hard because I know everybody. Yeah, that's true. And I know yeah. the mechanics of it, so I'm just like, oh, there he is. Oh, that's I got to call him. Oh, the, oh, that's a good gag. <laughs> you know, it's just like I, I can't yeah, get exactly. out of it. In horror movies, I'm a little more. Uh, I can enjoy yeah. it. But it's the same thing. It's just a series of gags. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. trying to think of the last comedy movie that I saw that I just loved and, uh, uh, you know, that really made me laugh. I'm sure I'm forgetting it, but, like, I think Bridesmaids was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been that long. My wife has never seen it, so we watched the first half of The Ref last night. That movie was funny. Mm-hmm. The Dennis, Dennis Leary? Leary? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. an old movie. Yeah, it's it's old 25 movie. years old. Yeah, it's an old and she'd movie. never seen it, but watching it again after all these years, it was very yeah. funny. Well, Dolomite, I guess. I laughed really yeah. hard at Dolomite. Yeah, that's I loved, yeah. it. Well, I you, loved the Dolomite. You know what's happening on Netflix now because of Dolomite? What? All of a sudden, Superfly yep. and Cleopatra Great. Jones and the all those. Original Superfly? Yep. Have all popped up on Excellent. Netflix now. Good Ron O'Neill? Yep. Oh, I loved his version of it. Yeah, all yeah. the old black exportation yeah. movies are all everybody, popped up. Everybody in a black leather car coat and a turtleneck. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it really great that you get, I'm getting a call right now from my wife who knows that I'm on the air, so I don't know why she's calling. <laughs> Must be something. Oh, because we only have 15 is, seconds left. Is uh, Freddy's dead in Superfly? Is that that's it? Yep. Yeah. It's God, Superfly, it's yep. Oh, mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield. Freddy's dead. Mm-hmm. Curtis Mayfield was one of the most talented people on earth. And he's wearing that weird sweater in that movie. Okay, when close, the, uh, this is not Superfly, but it is Shaft. The original Shaft with Richard Roundtree. Mm-hmm. I'm over at the Paradise Theater in North Minneapolis, which is a very sure. urban neighborhood. Sure. Right? So I'm sitting there. And the movie opens. Richard Roundtree is in bed with, a, uh, with two women. Uh, he has a white woman and a black woman. And they all have the, the, the quilt, like, down at their waist. Sure. So the women are topless. He's topless. Right. Women are topless. Uh, you know, in the old movie theaters, when the door opened, you could tell because the light would come in because they didn't have the double doors back sure. then, right? So all of a sudden, this bunch of light comes in, and they're just uh, sitting in bed. The movie's opening, and you hear this guy go, look at them titties. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was done. I was like, okay, okay, uh, well. Those are it, the best random comments ever. If you see Dolomite, there's a woman that does a topless scene with Eddie Murphy when they're filming The Human Tornado. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, said, hey, I'm auditioning for your friend's movie tomorrow. So I put in the word, I go, hey, she's a really good friend of mine. She worked on my show. She's terrific. And she got the part. And I go to wonderful. The, and I go to the movie, and I was like, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the, I'm the person that helped her get that part. I don't know how oh, I yeah, should feel about go, it. Yeah, way to go, Dana. I know. I don't know how I should feel about it. Dana Gould is uh, she's going to be around the building for a while because Brennan still hasn't finished his shower, yeah, apparently. He's still, su- he's still loofing. He's still- Thanks for coming in, Dana, and to the Great morning to show you, and coming into this show. I love your stuff, as you know. Thank and you. I'm at Acme. Uh, I think the 8 a.m. The 8 a.m. The 8 a.m. shows are sold out. Uh, <laughs> Very funny, though. The uh, the early shows are sold out, but the late shows still have some tickets tomorrow night and Saturday night. Uh, there's still some tickets left. 
but they're going, so come on out. Well, you hit the home run, too, because it's it's going to be down around 30 degrees, and people... We have heat. A lot of people packed in one room. It's toasty. Exactly. It's toasty. Thank you, yeah. sir. And I perform in a full Speedo, so it's great. Do you really? Yeah. It's the full one. You don't do the, 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 the hammock anymore. No, I don't. No, I say, no, I do. You the banana hammock for a while, I remember. Dane is here with his banana hammock, honey. That's right. It's unbelievable. The banana hammocks are also at the First Avenue. This yes, morning. they are. They're <laughs> brilliant band. It was unbelievable. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. TV.